1: Hey everybody, this is Danny Rocket. Thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show. Just a quick message before we start. You are listening to the ad-filled version of the Sun Ranto Show, but you don't have to uh, because I release the Sun Ranto Show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sunranto. It is an early and ad-free iteration of the Sun Ranto Show. So uh, why don't you go on over there for only a dollar a month, or uh, twelve dollars a year, uh, you can get access to all of our shows completely early and ad free. Plus, you get access to our show notes, any of the media that we use in our live show the, that gets attached to our to our uh, podcast and our show. So you get all that stuff. Anyway, it's a great way you can help out the show. It's a lot better than us having to put uh, ads on our shows because it's uh, you know shilling for the man. You don't want us to do that because it's unethical. You'll never be able to believe me again. So uh, patreon.com slash sunranto. Enjoy the show and our awesome conversation. Uh, here it is.
0: Cubby blue, blue, blue blood flowing through our in the sun our in the, in the rain. rain. In the in we the shed rain. a million tears and drank as many old slough beers out at the game. Let's go copy Son Ranto. With Michael Son Ranto. And Crawley Son Renzo and the lovable losers Son Ranto. With Michael Son Ranto. And Crawley Son, Son and the lovable losers Son Ranto.
1: Everybody, yeah. well, welcome to a, another unfortunate off season edition of Cubs podcast, The Sun Ranto Show. But, uh, all of that, friends, because we have a very special guest on this tonight. Uh, when it comes to talk, hey. hey.
2: Hey, I think what Danny was trying to say is that we, this is a very special episode because we have David Kaplan joining us today and we're going to talk to him a little bit about the Cubs, a little bit about his broadcasting career.
3: Uh, if so you hopefully know Cap, we will get them back. If you are a Cubs fan, you clearly know who Cap is, whether it's been through WGN, uh, AM 1000, he's on the morning drive now. So he's very kind to give us some time. This is me and Cap 20 some years ago. I don't know, long time ago. Cubs convention at the old Hilton day but, you both uh, have more. <laughs> we did both have more both have more hair at the time it was a blast and he's always been great with his time and he's he's kind enough to join us tonight uh, Danny's gonna jump back on in a second I mean uh, there he is hey so-
2: he's back and he looks good well I mean relatively speaking <laughs>
1: So, no, I'm, I'm really excited. And I, I also wanted to say that last year I had the, the pleasure of working with Cap, uh, over at NBC Sports and, you know, got to watch a lot of baseball with him. And we had just had some great conversations with him and Michael Cerami and, uh, and also Luis. Like we just, we just had a really great time, um, uh, back there and, um, with David DeJesus, and just asking all sorts of questions. And, you know, we just had a blast. But, um, if he's ready, uh, I don't know. Cap, are, are you ready? Can we bring you on? I am
4: right here, ready to (laughs) rock and roll. Just having a little drink and ready to talk whatever you guys want to talk about. Me too. uh,
1: Me too. Yeah, Yeah, I've I've got the rosé tonight. See, since working at NBC, they let us drink. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Bye. What what exactly is that?
4: Bye is a watermelon flavor. It's got one gram of sugar. It's my favorite drink. So I have one of those a day. I was, I actually, I was downstairs, I had poured like a really nice pour of bourbon and I'm like, oh, son of I got to do a show. Oh, oh,
2: yeah, go ahead. Obviously, you don't
4: realize what type of show this is. I I should have known better. So the bourbon is sitting down there and I'm going to (laughs) drink it after we get done. Beautiful. I I brought some beer just in case we wanted to do some
3: uh, beer money. No shots.
4: That's more like what I look like now that I saw that other picture. First of all, the other picture was fat cap and with hair. I mean, it's just I'm a different person today.
1: You kind of look like Michael Keaton in that picture somehow. Like, (laughs) I I didn't realize how much you look like Michael Keaton. Has has anybody ever
4: told you that? Funny that you said that because I was walking through the airport last year doing a basketball game. Guy came running up and said, 220, 221, what's the difference and i looked at him I go who do you think i am he goes i know you're michael <laughs> keaton i won't say anything and i signed my, i signed an autograph for him
0: Michael
4: nice <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh i have a, a, a picture a autographed by you no. um, I, so uh, i wanted to crawley it, you know we we were talking uh, something happened this week where there was a, a tweet that went out from uh, Matthew Trueblood, and uh, it caused a lot of controversy on Twitter. He said uh, the Theo Epstein Cubs regime, which is either over, uh, e- either over or functionally over, has been. Up here. I know they won a title, but this FO front office was supposed to turn the Cubs into perennial winners. The Heartlands, Yankees, Dodgers—they're no closer than eleven. And, uh, I question
3: and so, yeah, basically you saw that. That was the tweet heard around the Cubs Twitterverse. And I, I hear that Matt Trueblood was your intern advisor at Loyola. So I guess the question for you here is now, you know, I think we're well, all aware. That-
4: Trueblood was whose intern advisor? Wasn't he your intern advisor I at never Loyola? Had, I never had an intern advisor and I didn't go to Loyola.
3: Matthew Trueblood, I agree. Well, that Cap's that time be would be hard
2: to pull that out.
3: Ah. All righty. <laughs> so I don't know what Matt Trueblood's saying, but as far as it goes, the question, I guess, is, is you know, now that it looks like Theo's regime is over, what did they get right? Obviously the World Series, but what do you think has been the biggest appointment? How do you think it's going to be remembered in the future, the
4: Theo regime? That they won the freaking World Series. I truly believed that there was going to come a moment where I was about to meet my maker, and I was going to be dying, and I'd be like, can I swear on this show? Yeah, yes. absolutely. 100%. Son of a <laughs> bitch. The freaking Cubs couldn't win one time for me, and now I'm about to go to the pearly gates, I hope. So this is bullshit. And right. You're that not that old. And really, that, come on. That didn't happen. They won, and they went to five out of six years, to some sort of postseason, three straight trips to the NLCS. They're a radically different organization than they were the day Theo arrived. I've told this story before. Do you know how they used to figure out how season ticket sales were going? This is a true story now, and I've confirmed it with multiple people in that front office. Prior to the Ricketts family slash Theo taking over, you would walk in and go, how are season ticket renewals doing? Um, we've refilled the fax machine twice. They did not have a freaking computer program that says, yeah, Crawley got four tickets and Danny got three tickets and Cotton bought six tickets and here's their address and here's the birthday so we can send them a card because we want to keep them happy. None of that. So this is <laughs> all the way up to like 2009, you're saying? Correct. Oh and was- you A corporate-owned team run like a mom-and-pop soda store. Now it is a family-owned business run like a corporation.
3: And and you're looking at it, and and the thing that blows my mind is, you remember those T-shirts, Cap, just one before I die. And I'm not saying it's all I want, But I thought there'd be a little bit of a grace period, a honeymoon period where people enjoy it more. I thought Madden would have a statue. Theo would have a statue. Ricketts would be the greatest owner in Chicago history.
4: And it seems like people are forgetting what happened. Okay, so if I had walked up to you in 2012 and said, okay, I'm going to guarantee you the Chicago Cubs are going to win a World Series. That's all you're going to get for the next decade. You might finish dead last 11 times, but I'll guarantee you in that decade you're going to get a title. Wouldn't you have signed up for it? In a heartbeat.
2: Oh, I think we all did. Like, it didn't matter up to that point. Like, we wanted it.
4: Every single one of us would have given anything for it. I agree. Totally agree. Like, when I sat there that night in Cleveland, yes, I was working. My freaking heart was right on the damn desk. I mean... I was not working. Yes, I had to go on the air. I was all in, man. That—that's the one. I love the Bears. I love the Bulls. That is my one team that courses through my veins and always will. Now, yeah. are, are you even the the, the
1: most uh, the least little bit disappointed that it hasn't gone a little bit better? 100 percent. <laughs>
3: And 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 what do you think is the as far as when you look at it, what do you think they did that would just went wrong in your opinion?
4: Horrible job developing pitching. Yeah. Name me one pitcher they developed where you go, wow, we developed that guy, Alec Mills. Stop, that's like Philip UMBER. He got one phenomenal day, All right? Yeah, very very pedestrian. I haven't seen like I'm looking at the game on the screen right over here, the Rays and the Dodgers. Okay. The Dodgers spent a lot of money, so did the Cubs. Can you explain to me how they get Gavin Lux and Walker Buehler and Cody Bellinger and just keep adding all these good young players that just keep coming? Where are our good young Ronald Acuna Jr. on the Braves, Ozzy Albies? Where are our guys?
3: We had only- to trade
2: them
4: all for pitching.
3: <laughs> and not yeah. only that, though, but you 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 now had, uh, whatchamacallit, now they have Mookie Betts, like, Forget, you know, forget it, man. That guy's yeah. that guy's on another planet.
2: Well, and I was going to say, too, in that tweet, we saw the front office is, you know, over, is what they're saying. But actually, I mean, is it really over? Do you think it's going to be over? Because once Theo is gone, Theo's gone. But how many of the rest of the guys in the front office, we saw there was a lot of people that go recently here. But how many of those people are going to stick around and keep this thing going?
4: Well, I think Jed Hoyer is going to be the guy that moves into Theo's role. I've been pretty consistent. I don't think Theo is here all of next season. I know he's under contract for that. Uh, The Ricketts family would offer him an extension if he would stay. He has less than zero interest in staying. Less than zero. They could literally walk up and go, we'll double your salary. And he'd tell them, Not interested.
3: Even if I threw in that I would never ask for another picture of him?
4: (laughs) Even if you threw in that you would not ask for another picture. (laughs) He just wants to do something else. He's done. He's won three rings. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame one day. And I think he's just. Well, in 10 years in
2: Chicago, his uh, ability to do his job has changed quite a bit. Wouldn't you say? Uh, like how he does his job. Just the money, you mean? Well, the money and, you know, where they're drafting and all of that is a completely different animal than it was back in, you know, 2010, 2011.
4: Uh, it's a different animal. He built this whole thing and nobody saw a pandemic coming. But let's well, also be fair here because I've said this to Theo. When you have a checkbook that, you're able to write $184 million and it goes to Jason Hayward. Great guy, had an okay season. You wouldn't do that deal again if you could do it over. Uh, When you have two elite prospects and you trade them to the White Sox for a guy that I screamed from the mountaintops before that trade went down. This guy ain't who you guys think he is. He's never pitched in high leverage. He doesn't strike people out. He's a good dude. He takes the ball. That doesn't mean that I'm giving you the top two prospects in my system. So that was a bad trade. And I can tell you with 1,000% honesty that the trade deadline in 2017, my phone rang, and it was the agent for Justin Verlander, who happens to be a good friend of mine. And he said, hey, man, I'm just letting you know there's a deal on the table. JV, as he calls him, wants to go to only two places. Chicago Cubs 1, Dodgers 2. Can you check with your boys and see if they want him? And I made that call the day of the deadline. It said, this guy has got a trade to Houston sitting there, does not want to go, wants to be here. And they said, no, we're done. We're, we've made our moves and we don't have anything else to give up and we can't take $56 million more in salary. Well, if you hadn't given up your assets for Jose Quintana – or made a couple of other moves that didn't work out, you could have taken Justin Verlander. So, Oh, Kaplan. I love them. I would hire Theo and Jed tonight if I owned a team, but they also made their share of mistakes.
3: That one hurts, Cap. That one one hurts to know that JV wanted to come to the Cubs.
4: He did. Oh, Lord. Lord.
3: And so now you
1: now you end up in this situation where you've got this broken offense. So we it seems where they're not scoring any runs for the last few years, especially at the end of the year. Uh, and so what do you do now with this? These core players like, you know, I know I heard you on the Cubs talk podcast talking about moving Contreras as be, having the most value and with catching depth in the system. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can get that done. Obviously, it hurts your chances for next year. But I mean, who do you who do you resign of this core situation, and how do you move forward when you don't necessarily have a team that can? If they do what they did last year, I don't know that they compete because they have no pitching staff anymore. They they've need to get some arms. They need well, starters.
4: Well, here is what I think you're looking at for a starting rotation as of today. I think John Lester will be back. I think you're looking at a rotation of Hendricks, Darvish, Lester, Al Zalai, Alec Mills and I would tell you that's not a team in my opinion trying to win the World Series then. That's not a good enough five man rotation.
3: Now it's- Michael Michael uh Cotton you were talking earlier about how the expanded playoffs I think you were you had a question about the expanded playoffs and and you know cap you were talking about the possibility is that's not a world series team are more teams not really worried about that with the expanded playoffs
2: yeah i guess that that line that uh lineup that you just laid out there that rotation that is a playoff team if we stick with 16 teams because it doesn't really take anything to get there anymore
4: that I don't agree with you. I don't think that's a playoff team over 162 games.
2: You don't think that they could win 81 games? Because uh, if, 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 And we're talking expanded playoffs. Like hypothetical, they stick with the expanded playoffs. Is that an 81-win team? Because that's all you're really going to need in order to make it into the playoffs. Who's hitting the baseball for you? Well, nobody <laughs> on this team. It seems like
4: we got to get Danny rocket, a new wife. (laughs) I know he was the wait
1: is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff and the MLB playoffs are in full swing as well. Now, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, period. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all of the great sign-up
2: bonuses. Online your online sportsbook experts. You know, and, and I know he's so frustrated because this has worked so well up to this point, and then all of a sudden you come on, and he's excited about it, and then it's it's just a mess. So our, friend here, our, fri-
3: our friend here, B-Pajama2000, says he didn't hear Bauer's name
4: when you were going through the rotation. They're not going to spend that kind of money. Wishful thinking, Cap. Out of your mind. They <laughs> are not... They lost a hundred and fifty million this year, and they're projected to lose a hundred and twenty to thirty next year. That's we. That's like insane amounts of money. There is there's a better chance that Crawley is starting opening day than Trevor Bauer. I don't. See All right. Right.
3: Well, that's depressing, but exciting for me. That, <laughs> Cap, you're talking oh. a little bit about you at Game Seven of the World Series. Like those of us that have known you, I've known you like pretty much most of my life. And, uh, you know, it's just you do bleed cubby blue, man. You got the passion. Is How how amazing was game seven? Was that the greatest moment? And what's your greatest moment at Wrigley, would you say? So game okay. seven and then
4: Wrigley. Okay, so I'll take the second part first. The greatest moment at Wrigley for me, I met my wife there.
2: Ah, uh, so She's going to watch and you just scored some points. Way to go.
4: So <laughs> I met my wife there. Uh, I was there when Hank Aaron, my dad and my mom, took my brother and I. And my brother walked in and goes, uh, I hate this place because he's a Sox fan. And I'll never forget, we came up. We were left of home plate. We came up the stands. We were behind the, the, the uh, club boxes. We walked down. We had field box seats. And Hank Aaron hit one over the camera well and left center field. I remember being there when, when uh, Dave Kingman, as a Met, Hit one down Kenmore yeah. off, off Bill Bonham. Um, so there's been some amazing games that I've either worked or that I was there as a fan. Sixteen to fourteen, they beat the Reds. 23-22. I was actually watching and thought, I should get in the car and drive there now. And I didn't, and it's still one of my regrets. Because yeah. it was six to nothing after half an inning. It was six to five at the end of the bottom of the first. And I'm like, Okay, I, I should go to this game. And I right. and back then you could just show up, right? You could show up and just walk in. And back. I was a varsity baseball player in high school. And so if you got a letter, if you lettered on the team, the end of the season you got this little card you kept in your wallet and the little card entitled you to one reserved grandstand seat for every single game.
2: Oh, my God that is the sort of thing they talk about. They want kids to get back into baseball and to do that's the sort of thing right there. You give lettering baseball players the opportunity to just go to the game. That'd be amazing.
4: Perfect attendance. You got tickets to go take your family to a game, or you could show up, go to the game. And then at the end of the game, you'd either have to pick up enough beer cups. that they would, there was like a, uh, like a, like this sign. And if you're, stack was high enough, you got a ticket for the next day's game.
2: So oh, cap, man, you, you, know, were you were
4: like to just if you had a row of seats from one foul pole to the other, you'd get a ticket for the next day's game.
3: One of my favorite cap stories, though, and, and I just heard it on the Carrie Wood 20 documentary, was you in the radio background, wasn't you yelling when Carrie when hit number
4: 20 out loud? Okay, so I'm in there doing keeping score and I'm doing the score updates and the pre and the post. And Joe Montaigne sang that day. And Joe Montaigne is in the booth with us. And he and I are like, How many strikeouts does this guy have? And I'm counting. He's got 14. Wow. 15, 16. Now, oh my God, he might strike out 21. Because if he had struck out the side in the night, but Biggio grounded out. When he got number 20, Montaigne throws his arms around me and hugs me. And I, will never forget. He hugs me, and I'm like, "Woo!" And if you listen to the sound, you can hear this idiot in the background. <laughs> Cat here,
0: he turned around, like, we on the air!" And I'm like,
4: "I get
2: excited." You blame Joe. True, a,
3: true story, <laughs> Cap. My middle school teacher was Tom Bunjowski. He was the guy in the bleachers with the K signs. Oh wow! So he had 15 K signs that he brought that day, thinking that would be enough. And then he ran out, and he was basically—I don't even know where the hell he got body paint. The guy was nuts. He's an insane guy, and his his son follows us real, and he's a he's a viewer. But he was the one out there, and so he took a sick day yeah. that day. Okay, he gets interviewed by Sports Illustrated after the <laughs> game, and he gets called into the principal's office. The principal's his boss gets to the principal's office. He took a sick day there. Yeah, this is like a month later. He goes. Here's a copy of SI, his name interviewed, because he was
4: the one that had the 20 case. Pretty funny. By the way, you asked me about game seven. Okay, that for me was a microcosm of everything it meant to be a Chicago Cubs fan. You have the lead, then you have the wild pitch and two run score, then you get it to six to three, then they tie it, and you're like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. This effing team is gonna do this to me again. They've got my heart. Beating on the damn console where we're going to broadcast, and it just ripped it out of my chest. And I'll never forget where. So Hollinsworth and I, David Ross hits the home run, make it six to three. They go to the bottom of the eighth inning. We're up six to three. And we had gotten into this, like, a, it was like a private little area behind home plate where they had food and all of that. And one of the security people from Major League Baseball. It was really good to me. And Holly, the four games we were in Cleveland, he let us in there with our credentials. We weren't supposed to be. We had nowhere to sit. There were so many people in the press box, you couldn't even see the little TVs they had. So we now Ross hits the home run, and Holly and I are high-fiving, and we start to get into an argument with a bunch of Indians fans that are in there who are drunk and they're ticked that they're losing. Right. And Holly's like, dude, we're going to get ourselves in a lot of trouble. Let's go. So we leave. at 6 to 3. Our set is right outside like it would be comparable to walking out where the marquee is at Wrigley and you're broadcasting where um, the old McDonald's used to be, where the hotel is. Yeah. Right. I mean, right there. We walk out, and I am pacing back and forth. And Hollingsworth's saying to me, dude, it's over. Just relax. <laughs> and you said I could swear. I turn, and, and he's one of my best friends. I turn at Stem, I go, you know what? You took our fucking money for a year and a half. You don't know anything what you're talking about. I bleed this team. I live and die with them. You're a fucking mercenary. Play for 17. Get out of here with that. We've got this. Because more than any team in any sport, there are no done deals prior to 2016 with the Chicago Cubs. They could be up 94 to nothing with two outs in the bottom of the night and no one on, and they could find a way to fuck this whole thing up. That's just who the Chicago Cubs are.
3: And if you think uh, about it, that final out, Chris Bryant slipped. That could have
4: right. been in error. So yeah, we're, on our, yeah. we're on our set, and now there's a base hit, and then there's Brandon Geyer comes in to score, and I'm like, hold on a sec. Holly, this thing's not over, man. Relax, it's over, it's over. (laughs) Well, our TV on our set is on delay. I don't want to watch on delay. So I walk to the back of the set and I can hear Tom Hamilton, who's a great announcer, the play-by-play radio guy for the Indians. I can hear the live call off the speakers on the side of the building, which are 50 yards from me. And I hear him say, swung out and belted. That's all I hear, and I hear this sick roar, and the fireworks go off, and I literally thought I was going to throw up. And I turn to high, and go, what do you think? I told you. He's like, what happened? And then he sees it on delay on the TV. The color drains out of his face, and he's like, oh, God, now I know what you're talking about. See, Cap,
3: Cap shouldn't he have known better? Because if memory serves, wasn't Holly on the 2003 Marlins? Yeah. So he should know. To well, he, he, oh, he didn't have the feeling, he
4: feeling. He's got his fist in the air. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, the did. guy
3: was with, on the Marlins. I, I clearly remember Holly playing for the Marlins, and I was yeah. there. Yeah, was but Bartman. probably
4: the Marlins had
2: a completely different perspective on that game.
4: They did. <laughs> they did. You guys know the Michael Jordan story from game six with Bartman? What's no. that? Okay, so Tom Brenneman is the calling the game with Steve Lyons and Al Leiter. That was the broadcast crew that night. So now the whole thing goes down and we lose. They're leaving. Now, Al Leiter's like 6'4". Steve Lyons is like 6'3". And the producer that they're with is like 6'6". And then there's Tommy. They're coming down the old offices at Wrigley to come back out underneath the marquee where the old entrance used to be. And they see this guy leaned up against the wall like this. An African-American gentleman who's tall. And Tommy said, as I get closer, I look, I go, Michael Jordan? What? He said, Tom Brenneman from Fox. Uh Uh-huh. He said, are you okay? He said, no, I'm not. You've been outside? He said, "Uh, no, we just got done calling the game. He's like, there's a hundred thousand zombies out there. I'm not going out there because I'll get killed. Those <laughs> people are out of their minds out there right now. So they said, Well, look, our car's seven blocks away because the streets were all closed, because they yeah. thought we were going to the World Series. We'll surround you. I got two former major league players, a six foot six inch producer, and we'll get you in our car. We'll take you anywhere you got to go. No chance. I am not going out there with all those zombies. No chance. It's not safe. And they ended up getting security to pull up on the sidewalk, got Michael in the car and got him out of there. Oh yeah. my! God. It, it, he, he knew exactly too. That
2: would not have been a good position for him to be in. No doubt. Yeah. And that's Jeff crazy. Nelson
3: was your producer in the post game. And, and that's what he said in your ear. Is that, is that right?
4: Jeff Nelson is like the nicest, sweetest human being in the world. And in my ear, As the game ends, and I've never heard Nellie curse. Like, I'll curse like a sailor. I've never heard Nellie curse. And in my ear, I hear him say, the Cubs just won the fucking World Series. We're going out in five, four. (laughs) Bam! And I remember I looked up at the sky because my dad is gone, and he's the reason I do what I do. And I looked up and I pointed at him, kind of composed myself, and then it was four hours of insanity.
3: I got to tell you, Caps, You know, when we were talking earlier about it, you know, my whole dream was that I could see the Cubs win the World Series with my dad still around, and he's still around. But we—I got I, one of the greatest moments of my life was walking into Game Five of the World Series with him, and they—and and, and I was so—I just said, you know, because they were on the brink of elimination. There, I'm like, I just want them to win one game, even if they don't win the series. Just let us enjoy this one moment, and and to get that plus that, it's such a big deal. Now, Cap, you know that social media has really kind of changed the landscape of sports talk, so to speak. You've always been a guy that's really kind of been honest and just kind of see what you feel. Why do you think people have a hard time separating the player from the performance? Do you get what I'm saying? Because I've heard you say the Quintana is a Buick, right? Or you were critical of you, Darvish, and people get mad like you're insulting the player when you're not really doing that, but you're just trying to be honest about the performance and what you see happening.
4: Correct. I will always lay the blame at the feet of the player, much more than the manager. And I've been critical of Joe at times. I've been critical of different guys. But if a guy comes up to bat four times and he goes 0 for 4 and he leaves 12 runners on base, I can't sugarcoat that. I can't go, well, he's a really nice guy and he's great in the community. No, you freaking went 0 for 4 in four crucial spots. I'm going to tell it like it is. Like when I call Jose Quintana a Buick, I also have said a billion times, he's an awesome teammate. He's a great person. He's a family man. I get all of it. But when I say you're a Buick, that means you're just meh you're okay.
2: I yeah, you're you're a you're Buick. a good solid car, a family sedan,
4: if you would. Right, it gets you to the mall, but you don't pull up at the country club and get out of your Lamborghini and everyone's like, who's that? Is, yeah, some guy in a Buick Regal. So do you, think,
3: do you think people just have a heart, like, just kind of jump on one side or the other? Either they hate the guy or they love the guy and they can't take any criticism?
4: Uh, I think most people, they can't imagine criticizing one of their beloved players. Oh, my God. How could you be critical? He's such a nice guy, and he's a cubby, and he wears the – that's not my job. Yes, I love the Cubs. Yes, I want them to win, and I've made that clear. But I also am going to be honest, and when Javi Baez stands at home plate because he thinks the ball's 40 rows deep and it doesn't get out of the ballpark and hits the wall and he ends up at first, you're damn right I'm going to call him out for it. And there are times I get to the park and I've got a player waiting who's mad. Why did you have to call me out on the post game? Well, why didn't you hustle? And right. I'm, that's just who I am, man. I'm going to be me. I, I just got to be me.
3: Well, um, Little Yumper, our friend here, asks, can you tell the groove Don Baylor story when the Cubs got McGriff?
4: Okay, so, I mean, I'm dating my girlfriend, who's now my wife of over 16 years. I'm dating my girlfriend. She knows I love golf. So she waits till the all-star break. She had purchased a chance to play Medina and paid significant money for me to be able to do this. And she was going to be with me. And so the day we're going to go play Medina, it's during the all-star break. And I said to her, hey, I got a tip. The Cubs are trying to make a trade. I can't play. What do you mean you can't play? I paid $1,000 at a charity auction for you to be able to play this amazing course and have dinner and drinks and all of that. I got a driver, a car service to get us there so you don't have to drink it. You know, I won't drink a drive. I said, are you kidding me? I got a tip on a story that no one else has. And she's pissed. And I'm like, you know what? I, I got to go play golf. I'll work on this after. So I get there right away. They said, "Uh, no cell phones on the golf course, sir. We don't have that here. It's a private club. So we're playing. And I mean, I'm grabbing my phone, trying to check it. And we didn't have texting then like we do now. There was no iPhone yet. And so as we tee off on 18, she knows I'm panicked because I don't want to get beat on a story, especially one that I think I've got but I haven't confirmed.
2: You're trying to play the fastest 18 ever (laughs) on Uh, the greatest course that you might ever play.
4: Correct. So we're coming up the fairway of 18 at Medina on course number one. First of all, she's mad because course three is their best course. They wouldn't let a woman on there. (laughs) Oh, so she's what do you mean? Anyway, we're coming up the fairway on 18 after we hit our drives. And I hear, hey, Cap, and I look up. It's Don Baylor, may he rest in peace, who was always great to deal with. And his nickname was Groove. I said, hey, Groove, what's going on? He said, nothing. I wanted to play a little earlier, but we're making a trade. And (laughs) I had to talk to Hendry and blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, yeah, I heard we're doing a deal. He goes, you didn't get it from me. We're getting Fred McGriff for an infielder named Jason Smith. You can have it. No one's got that story. You can have it. Just don't tell anyone where you got it. And my wife looks at me and goes, take that. Because if you didn't come play golf, you would have never run into Don Baylor and you would have never gotten the story.
2: That's Oh, that's great. And if Don's on the course, then you're feeling more comfortable that it's not going to break till later. Correct. (laughs) So. Now, you, you talk, you, you,
0: you've
3: you been with the Cubs for so long. I mean, and you've had so many characters, Harry, Ron Santo, all these guys. Is there any – which one of those guys do you really kind of see, you know, think about a lot when – especially after game seven that you just kind of wish you could have personally talked to or, or anything like that or any good character?
4: That would be Ronnie because I was so close to him. Like, Harry was great to me. Great. And when I first started there – Like, I'll tell you guys a quick story. So 1995 is my first year broadcasting for the Cubs. And it was the last year Brenneman's doing the play-by-play, and then Pat came in. So I am doing the pregame show one day. And on the pregame back then, Harry was still alive. I would say, you know, here's the first segment. I would set the game up. Here's the pitching matchup. Now let's go down to the field. Here's Harry Carey with Cubs manager Jim Riggleman. And they would do the Jim Riggleman show. And it'd be, thanks, Dave. Well, that (laughs) night, Hideo Nomo is pitching. Hideo Nomo had, God, a hundred Japanese media every game, everywhere he pitched, following him around. So there they all are. There's a hundred Japanese reporters, plus all (laughs) the Chicago reporters. He's the hot name at that time. I throw it down to the field, and Harry makes an off-color remark about Asian people, mm. which I will not repeat on this show. Right. It's,
2: it's been 20-some years, and we don't say those things anymore.
4: <laughs> and so I'm literally on my headset. And I'm kind of just getting ready for the next segment. I got to go through the... Schedule, today the Giants play the Reds, and the Red Sox play the White Sox. What did he just say? And then I hear Riggleman go, no, I'm not touching that, Harry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now the phone rings 10 minutes later. We're in a taped segment of the pregame. It's my boss, Tisa Lasort. She was the program director of WGN. Hello. Uh, we've got a big problem. Yeah, what's that, Tisa? you got to go down there, and you got to get Harry to come on the last segment of the pregame with you. He's got to apologize for what he said about Asian people. Oh, wow. Now, this is my first season. It's not like Harry and I had been working 20 years together.
2: Yeah, yeah, the legend and the new guy.
4: So I walked down three radio booths into the TV booth. Hey, Dave. I said, hey, Harry, uh, we've got a bit of a problem. What's that? I uh, just got a call. The Japanese American consulate is threatening to protest after the game for what you said about Hideo Nomo, and they want you to come on and do the post game show uh, with do the end of the pregame show with me and apologize. He said, "Dave, I'm going to ask you one question. How you answer that question will determine if I do your show." Okay, what's that? is the man, I'm going to clean it up. Is the man Asian? Yes. Then I apologize for nothing. And I said, you can't really say what you said. He's like, again, is the man Asian? Yes. Then I apologize for nothing. I will not do your show. And here we are now, 25 years later, Harry's long gone. He never, ever apologized. But what he did do, because when he left the park, there were 20 members of the Japanese American consulate out there protesting. Right, Harry said, follow me, meet me at the restaurant. They ate and drank at Harry Carey's restaurant till 3 o'clock in the morning. Harry picked up the check. Harry signed autographs, took pictures, and it all blew over. It never became a controversy.
2: I mean, that's brutal for the new guy to try and have to handle that situation. That's rough. tell me about. It. Tell me about it. I mean, you okay? So you've been doing this obviously a long time. Mm-hmm. You've worked for uh, a lot of the different stations that have now covered the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what do you, what do you think is the how has just the attitude towards the media in sports and how the game is covered and all that stuff changed in those years? I mean, what do you, what do you think about your I guess your overall career and how things have gone.
4: So there was no social media when I got into this, the internet. I, I wish we didn't have it now. <laughs> right. It's it like, it's great if I say, Hey, guess what? We've got Anthony Rizzo on the show today. Well, if somebody has a ratings meter and they happen to see that and they listen, the ratings go up. So it has its purpose, but I can't tell you how many times I'll get a call from a news director, a sports director, somebody in our digital department. Um, there's a rumor out there that the Cubs are trading um, Nico Horner for Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, and three pitchers. I'm like, mm. that's not happening. <laughs> well, we, we need you to call Theo and find out. Can, yeah, can you, make you that know that came now?
2: from Donuts R Us on
4: Twitter. Right. And so – Like, we would get these insane trades from whether it was the Bears are getting Aaron Rodgers to the White Sox are signing A-Rod to come out of retirement. Like, just some of the most insane things, and the people above us make us double back. So now I've gotten to the point where I would shoot a text. I will never report a big story without going to the GM of said team. If they don't want to comment... That's fine. My deal with Theo, if Theo was on this show right now, and you said, what's your deal with Cap? From the first day he met me, I said, I'll make you a deal. I will not report anything of consequence without reaching out to you or Jed. If you don't want to comment, that's your business. He said, and I'll make you a deal. If you are way off base, I'll tell you, no chance. If if it's real, I won't get back to you because he sees everything. And so I've had multiple stories that I've broken where I text Theo, I am going to report this and I'll get a text back. No truth to that. Don't say a word. It's not true. Thank you. He's never lied to me. And that's why I have the utmost respect for that. Doug.
2: Well, and I feel like that means that your life is way more hectic now than it was when you started In the career, just because people can reach out to you or just any anybody like us can say something that somehow gets to you and then you have to comment on it or something.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's always stuff on social media. And I remember my wife and I, we were doing something and somebody tweeted some bullshit at me. And I used to let it get me triggered. This is a long time ago. Now I make a joke out of it and I hashtag take that. I started that a few years ago and it's kind of taken off. Well, some idiot sent me some stupid tweet where he was getting personal. And I write back this scathing response. And my wife is standing behind me and she looks, she goes, You can't insert that. I'm like, F that guy. Yes, I can. She's like, He's got six followers. Yeah. (laughs) Why do you care that some moron with six followers is telling you how worthless you are? Do you really need the guy with six followers to give you validation? Is that how shallow your life is? And I'm like, you're right. And so I didn't.
3: Cap, you have a really good relation with Sammy. And obviously we have a lot of Cub fans that are just like tired of the bullshit. It's just kind of like, you know what? especially because I guess I think Ricketts and those guys, they weren't here when Sammy was around. They didn't any of that shit. You know, it's like nobody really cares anymore for a lot of us. The three guys here, you know, Sammy was the only reason to watch the Cubs in the nineties. You know what I mean? So it's like, why can't they just, what is, what is, cause trust me, Sammy wasn't the only bad teammate or the only guy doing bad things around there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why is he like held to some sort of standard?
4: I don't know. It's a very good question. Look, If he wanted, and I told him this when I flew down there a couple years ago and met with him at his home. We did a long interview. I said, if you want a job from them, Tom and his family, you want them to write you a check and hire you as an ambassador, as a hitting coach, whatever it is, then you have to play by their rules. They own the team. And if they want you to come clean, then you need to come clean. He's like, I don't want a job from them. I just want to feel like I'm welcome back, that I can call up and say, hey, I'm coming to the game, or hey, you want to sing today? You want to come to the convention? And so if that's the case, if he wants nothing else other than to feel he can come back to the house that he played in, then I believe the Cubs owe that to him.
3: Well, I'll tell you one thing. You know, we have a mutual friend in Stuart McVicker. Uh Next time you talk to Sammy Sosa, you tell him he has an open invitation at Club 400. He will be treated like the royalty that he
4: is. I will tell him that he does, he hasn't been back to Chicago in over a decade.
3: Wow, that, that see, that's just that's sad. It now, is. you know, speaking of sad, you know the uh big article today in the Athletic about the amount of cutting that's going on at 1060 West Addison. I mean, these are some big names. They're not, you know, first year, second year out of college type guys that they're letting go. Correct. How how much trouble is this Cubs organization in and how much talent drain are they losing right now?
4: They're losing a lot of talent drain. But it's not just the Cubs. It's everywhere throughout professional sports. I mean, literally, they're going to lose, on the low side, $140 million this year alone. They're already projecting minimum of $120 million next year. I mean, we don't have a vaccine yet. We don't know who's getting elected. And we've got a family that one side is on one side of the aisle. Laura Ricketts is on the other side of the aisle And in the middle here is this baseball team that if we are at all liberal about how much money they lose, they're going to lose close to $300 million. And there's a lot of teams like the Houston Rockets. They got rid of most of their front office. See ya. We'll rehire you when the pandemic's over. So it's sad. It's reality.
1: What what do you see that uh, meaning for next year? And the ne- next couple of years with, uh, yeah, well, this offseason specifically, you're going to sign anybody? What do these
4: contracts look like, you think? I personally believe they're going to try and do all they can to move money that I think they want to keep Hendricks. I think they want to keep Darvish. And I think I- I'll be surprised if Chris Bryant is a Cub come opening day. I'll be very surprised. I think Anthony Rizzo will be here. Um I can't tell you that any one of those other guys will be. I mean, but the problem is they should have moved guys two years ago. And now all of a sudden you got Baez hit what? 2.05? Schwarber hit what? A buck 88? Chris Bryant drove in six more runs than the four of us combined. Yeah. (laughs) What are you getting back? If you're, they came this close in February, this close to getting a deal done with the Colorado Rockies where Chris Bryant would have been going to the Rockies and the Cubs would have got Nolan Arenado back and there would have been some money moving, but they wanted the cost certainty and they like Arenado better than Bryant. And then the pandemic started to be rumored this might be happening, and then it all hit. Everything fell apart. I think they're going to try and move money. They're not going to tank like they did in 2012, 13, and 14, they have too much talent to be able to do that, but I do think you're going to see them try to move money. So not so
1: not one more bite at the apple, you know, because this would be the last year of this core that
4: hasn't that broke somewhere along the line. But Did they give you a bite at the apple, Danny. If I said to you, "Okay, we're bringing everybody back." Do you get – does that win a World Series? I don't
2: it, think it's – it, Well, not, not going to add- work anymore looking yeah. backwards, right? I,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering if, like, this year was such an anomaly if you look at dudes like Christian Yelich. There were a lot of low batting averages. Arenado struggled. Arenado struggled. And so you wonder if, like, they'll, they'll look at this and kind of throw this this year on the back of the baseball card. They just throw it away. And say, okay, we're gonna get back into it. We're gonna have a full season. We'll see what happens next year. And just go one last time with this core. Like I, I don't, don't know. It's
4: I don't see you it. don't think
1: so. All right. I don't
4: see it. Because that core the offense broke the last half of eighteen. The offense was broken in nineteen. Now it's twenty and it's broken with a pandemic. Oh, and by the way, we've lost conservatively two hundred and sixty or seventy million dollars. We've gotten rid of a hundred of our front office people or baseball people. Yeah, I I don't see it.
3: I think the, the the tough thing for Cubs fans that are realistic about the situation is that right now these guys that like you said two years ago would have tons of value. Right now, I mean any I mean, are you going to get rid of them for nothing? Like for you know, not offer arbitration or just take back whatever level of prospects and a bag of balls for say Chris Bryant or Javi Baez.
4: Uh, I think they're going to find a way to get Javi signed. I do. Let's not forget they own their own TV channel. They have got to have something for people to tune in to watch.
2: Well, sometimes we wonder if they own their own TV channel because (laughs) they don't cover things like Theo's press conference. I I don't know how that
4: happens. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I flipped on that day. I was sitting right here. I had gotten off the radio. Theo spoke at 11 a.m. So I raced home after radio. I sit down here. I flip on the old marquee network and I'm like it's a freaking fishing show. Yeah, it was.
2: <laughs> I did the same thing. I didn't know. I didn't. I, I thought I was losing my mind. Check the channel again. Yeah, I
4: couldn't believe it. And uh, I think
3: the thing that frustrates Cub fans here is that we were expecting something more along the lines of yes. Network that was so cub centric. Like we'd like to see the Arizona instructional league. We'd like to, they, they, they weren't ready to do the, uh, the preseason summer camp 2.0. Like, it just feels like it, it, it's kind of lacking a little bit.
4: Because all of that costs money. And when you're in the midst of a global pandemic and you have no fans and all of a sudden you're like, oh, God, we're going to lose how much money? Like, there, were, Forbes says the Cubs are going to lose $200 million in 2020. I've been told it's going to be a little bit less than that. But we're still talking about it. And I know Tom took a lot of shit for saying biblical losses. There's not many businesses that can lose 150 million this year, and God forbid we don't have a vaccine. Another 150 million. Like, how do you recover from that? Well, there's not a lot of businesses with billions in the bank just in case. But the billions, like, they run this like a business. They don't go, hey, Trevor Bauer wants to come sell some more TD Ameritrade. That's not how they do it. Well, right. Like a business. They give Theo approximately 250 million dollars that is your baseball budget that covers minor leagues that covers your employees that covers your payroll that's a lot of freaking money
2: oh 100% agreed but you know I'm, I'm just saying that like if you or I was running a business and we lost any amount like that we would Not, I mean, we would lose our homes
4: and everything. They, I mean, they're not going to lose Wrigley. No, they're not, but they still, they're a billion dollars in debt. That's a fact from all the money that they borrowed to build up the stadium and build the office building and buy the McDonald's property and build a hotel there. And I'm not defending them. All I'm telling you is that's just fact. They, Right. right now, on the balance sheet, they have to make debt payments on a billion dollars with no fans going to the games.
3: That's brutal. Now, Cap, you you've just been moved to mornings on AM one thousand mm-hmm. with Jay Hood. How are you enjoying that?
4: So when Danny said, "Hey, can you come on?" and I lo- Danny and I got to hang out when he was doing the show outside outside the Ivy. Outside you the, yeah. It? We would eat dinner sometimes with those guys, and they would light their – Danny had these candles. <laughs> it was like the Cubs would be losing, and he'd have all these – like oh, my wife made yeah. those candles. Yeah, yeah like these Catholic <laughs> candles. And sometimes they would come back. We had a great time <laughs> with it. But when he said, can you come on? I'm like, well, I try to go to bed by 8.30, at least get into bed. Like, I was the guy that was up every night till 1 o'clock in the morning, back up at six. Let's go. I'm not a big sleeper. You start doing morning drive radio, you either learn that lifestyle or you will not survive. What, yeah, because what
2: time – I mean, people might listen to you at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, but what time do you
4: have to be there to get ready for that show? So I wake up at 3.45 every day. Oh, Yeah. Brutal. 3.45. I go through my phone a little bit. I subscribe to the New York Post on my iPad. I get the Trib and the Sun Times in my driveway, so I'll drag my ass out there, grab that stuff, cup of coffee. The paper boy actually hands it to you? What's that? The paper boy actually hands it to you? Pretty much. I'll hear it (laughs) in the driveway and grab my coffee. I'll highlight some of the stuff in the paper, shower, get in the car, be in the office by 545, and then we're on at 7, and then it's three hours plus crosstalk, and then I have TV stuff in the afternoon. So it's game on, man. And like Monday, I do the Bears now. And so Monday I will get up at 345. I will do radio. I'll come home, work out, go right back downtown, do the pregame show for the Bears, watch the Bears game, do the postgame show, get home after Monday night football somewhere around 1 a.m. and get back up at 345. So, you've, so, you've
3: always been the hardest working man in yeah. show business, Cap. I was going to say, you just made work. it
2: sound like everybody wants your job. Because everybody
4: thinks they want your job, right, Cap? That everybody wants to do what I do until they're like, wait a minute. I have to work on a Saturday? My wife wouldn't like that. <laughs> I, I got to work nights? No, I don't want to. But I, I've always said I play at Disneyland every day. That's what I do for a living. Um, I get to talk sports in my hometown I get to talk about my favorite teams. I did 25 straight seasons with the Chicago Cubs, who as I told you earlier, I love more than any team in any sport and I'm blessed, man, very very blessed.
3: And I'm going to I'm going to add to this cap is that whether it's with Danny or myself or anybody, you've been such a great ambassador for Cubs fans. I don't think people I think people have a hard time separating, you know, because what you do is entertainment. Do you get what I'm saying? You're, you're there to entertain people. If you're boring, nobody's going to watch David Kaplan. But the real David Kaplan, the guy behind the scenes, the guy that you can walk up to at Wrigley Field and talk to, you've always been so generous with your time, so kind to people that kind of come up to you. I, th- I wish more people knew what a, what a stand-up guy you are. The stuff you do for charity, the stuff you do to help people, it's just
4: tremendous. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but I feel like it's the other way around somebody stops me and wants my picture with them or wants to talk baseball with me, how freaking lucky am I? Hey, this was
3: about one year ago, five years ago, this video. I don't know if you knew you were talking about me because, Danny, if you could roll in a minute. But uh, it was a video that you were talking about me during the NLCS, but I don't think you knew you were talking about me.
4: Back in here to our Cubs postseason live. I'm David Kaplan with Todd Hollingsworth and Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg. Now, the fans that get the most coveted autographs are very rare. It's tough to get these guys sometimes to find them, to nail them down. But Paul from Bartlett not only has a ton of autographs, he's worn a different Cubs shirt every day since September 15th. How's that possible? Take a look.
3: This is where it all started. Uh, They say being a Cub fan is a genetic disorder, so this thing was um, passed on from my father on to me.
1: (laughs) Pretty funny! Pardon the interruption, but you're not a Patreon subscriber, so I would like to talk about my nose hair. And how, when sometimes when I pick my nose, a booger is stuck in my nose hair. And when I go to pull out said booger, well, it can be a, a mess and very painful. Well, guess what? That doesn't have to happen to you. Because Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It's intelligently contoured. Its design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes to use. Now, have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? I did. I just told you about it. That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to. It's delivering you maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hairs is a major turnoff. So it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. Remember, you get 20% off with the code armchair at manscaped.com. So what are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds! The Sun Ranto show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Okay, the wait's over. We got a triple header of fun this week. Football, strutting it stuff, baseball playoffs, they're going. I mean, it's an online cavalcade of betting possibilities. Now you might not be at the game, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And if you never want to hear an ad on the Sunranto Show again. All you gotta do is subscribe to us. Patreon.com slash Sunranto, get her done. So you didn't know you were talking about Crawley there. I did
2: not. If it had <laughs> Crawley, I would have been, my guy. Wow. <laughs> right, because the name was Paul, and everybody's like, who the hell Who's is Paul? Paul. Yeah. Right. Uh-
1: well, and and you always had time for you know that when the pandemic hit this year, I had that Lee Elia rant that we had all the Cub fans do, and, and I got I got you to be 85% in that. Eighty-five
4: percent of the fucking world's working; the other fifteen come out here.
1: And then you also did my uh, "Stay the Fucking Side" video.
4: Stay the fucking
0: side.
1: Like, I just, I loved every single thing that happened. Like, you've always been down for all my weird ideas and stuff. And we just have a good time. And I had such a great time with you and DeJesus last year. And, and, you know, learned a lot from you guys. Learned a lot from Cerami. Like, I could ask dumb questions of DeJesus. Like, hey, does it hurt to slide on your buttons? And, you know, (laughs)
4: just dumb stuff, you know. But how blessed were we that we were actually at work sitting in the green room watching the freaking Cubs?
1: Yeah.
0: It was
4: awesome.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was just a, a great time, and I could tell that you know, it, you were the king of the fifteen minute power nap in the in the chair. You know, just like oh, it's the seventh. Okay, I'm going to need to take a ground
4: nine to one. Uh, wake me up <laughs> as soon as we're ready. Exactly.
1: <laughs> hey Cap, you're on. And then okay, and the, the light guy. goes
3: on and Cap's ready to go, man. Yep.
1: Rock but, no that was it was just a really special summer for I think all of us uh, and, and me and michael and uh, and Luis we all really appreciated that and like just love that you know you included us so uh completely uh and so immediately uh, within your world we in,
4: teammates yeah
1: yeah that's what there, it was and-
4: so many people I've had people say to friends of mine there's no way that he could that's a an act it, that's just bullshit there's no way people can walk up and talk to that guy this is who I am. For better or for worse, I talk to the security guard in a little hut at five o'clock in the morning when I show up at work. I talk to the guy in the car- garage who parks the cars. Whoever it is, I just love life. And I don't know when they're going to snuff out the flame and go, yeah, your time is coming gone. But I'm going to squeeze every freaking thing I can out of it. And I'm going to treat people the way I would hope they would treat me. That's the only way I know. It's how my late father
3: raised me. Well, Well, that's one thing I'm going to say, Cap, I do have your one book, but I'm looking for the behind the scenes book that I think that's the one thing, Cap, when, when all is said and done, I would love to read a David Kaplan memoir. Uh,
4: I, I've got stories that when I don't have to broadcast anymore and I, (laughs) I've, I've started to put stuff down There'll be some things you'll read and go. You've got to be kidding me!
2: Uh, the retirement book. Yeah. we're all on. We're all on the edge, just waiting for that one.
1: The the burning of the bridges book. I, I love it. As, <laughs> as they, long as I get an autographed
3: it. copy, I'll be a happy man.
1: There
4: you <laughs> go. Done deal.
1: So uh, we really appreciate you coming on. And sorry, my internet was such garbage for the first part of this. Okay. Um, but but you know, uh, you Whatever know,
4: you guys want me. I'm in. I this is awesome.
1: Dude we really appreciate it and uh you know just it's so it's so nice of you to give uh, your time it, you know you work so hard you got a million jobs and then you come on with us clowns for another hour and uh and talk even more cubs and about uh, you know everything going on with you and and uh the, everything surrounding the cubs and I know we all appreciate it and you're you're always so insightful about everything uh that you say about the team cuz you watch like a real fan and I know uh, here in Chicago, that plays real well, you know what I mean? And you, you take a lot of guff, take a lot of flack from the people, but for
4: the most part, um, you know, you know, it, you know what it's funny part of is, the entertainment. Like I hear that, like I'll take hits from, there's some idiot blogger out there who's a Cubs blogger who blocked me on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, really? Okay. Oh, <laughs> that, that's what you need to do. Like, I just have fun. I just try to be honest. I just try to tell it the way it is. If I don't like something Joe Madden did, I said it on the postgame show. And he and I cleared the air at the winter meetings in San Diego last year. He was walking by the pool. I was on my way to cover. Rick Hahn was going to speak. And there's Joe. And I said, Hey, Joe. Hey. I said, You got a second? I said, I know you're moving on now. I just want to make sure you and I are cool. He said, oh, we had our moments where my wife would hear you on the game, <laughs> or I would see a clip, he said, but you have a job to do. We're cool. And he shook my hand and he did came on the show the next day. He was great. Joe was great.
3: We just wanted to say thank you again and respect your time. We know you got to be up early, but just next time you come on, make sure you got that uh, bourbon ready to go. All right. Yeah. Oh
4: my God. It's sitting down there right now on an ice ball. So I'm going to go down. And yeah. Drink. But and, uh, anytime you guys want me, I'm in. Awesome. Oh, so I yeah. love it.
2: And and I'm a huge listener of the Cubs talk podcast that you do with Gordon. And I think you two are great together. You, Appreciate you, you and Gordo, <laughs> having a having a, a tiff is one of the best things to listen to every week.
4: Yeah, we go at it sometimes. It's Absolutely fun. go at it. So, but it's it's all in fun, it's sports, it's not, you know, brain surgery. And again, in the end, all I care about is that the Cubs win.
3: Cheers to that, Cap. Thank you again for coming on.
4: It's all the best to you guys. There you yep. go. Well, thanks well, you a lot. we our lives back. Let's go for drinks.
2: Oh, hell oh. Of you, Lee. you got it. Please. Cheers, brother.
4: Take care. Be good.
1: Oh man, that that was so cool. Man, how frustrating! All day long. I'm like, you know, getting ready for the the show. I got like a Kaplan intro song. I got all this st- stuff going on, and then uh, my internet just breaks right as we start. I was like, this is this is just freaking perfect. Um, so, and anyway. and I
3: and I forgot my uh, cord for my laptop, so my laptop died mid show. Yeah,
2: at one point it was literally it's just me and David Kaplan. I've never met David yeah, Kaplan. Yeah, you're right. the only one that never met. We him, don't yeah. know each other at all, and I'm like, eh, here we
3: go. hey you know what though guys i really think that you know it turned out great i think the the fans got to hear a lot of what they wanted to hear and and i like i said like i told cap himself i wish more people just got to know the real man like you know what i mean like not the guy on tv or the guy on the twitter just get to know him and talk to him and i think sometimes in social media we're so quick to react I've had people myself, I know Danny, you too, that just get like so mad like, oh you're this, you don't know me, you've never talked to me, we've never hung out, I never had a beer with you i like you don't know me, man, so it's like whatever you don't like what I say on Twitter, who gives a shit? you know there's a real human being behind that, and I just think that cap is a really like I said, as he was talking about, talking to the security guy in the hut, talking whatever he'll talk to anybody. And he'll be great about it. I've, I've, I've interrupted him. Got all, like, you know, when they used to do the setup for the Comcast Sportsnet right in front of the marquee, they'd be set up like, Hey cap. Hey. And right in between breaks, you don't have to fucking do that. He could just give me a wave. Hey, Crowley. Good. You know. right. No, come on down. Take a picture. Talk to me for two seconds. You'll never find a guy that will not big time you any more than cap. That's just my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I, I've worked in showbiz a long time, you know, Broadway. And, you know, I've, I've worked with Isaac Hayes. I've worked, you know, I've worked with Richard Dreyfus. I've had like lots of different experiences and I've been treated all different ways. And I will say this that when I walked into NBC last year, I did not know what to expect as far as how I was going to be treated by David Jesus and Kaplan and Frank Thomas and like other people that were around. But everybody was just cool. Except for Ozzie Guillen, who's just insane. I mean, he's cool, but he's insane. (laughs) He's insane. Right.
2: He's insane. He came on your show. And yeah. I believe he grabbed you inappropriately. No,
1: no. That was uh, Michael Cerami. I <laughs> ran away. I ran away. I was like, oh, no, he's grabbing people. I'm going to go make it? a coffee. Isn't that
3: absolutely totally how you would picture it, though? If someone was going to be grabbed inappropriately, it would be Michael Cerami? Yeah. He, was, like,
1: well, <laughs> he was He was. also in David Jesus' face, too. Like He's just like using David DeJesus as a prop in his story. And David's just like, oh, help me. Ozzy's oh, attacking. But, so, uh, you
3: know, I got to ask, and, and I, I don't see the comments right now. I'm sorry because of, like, the crazy shit that's been going on. Let me see if I can get on them. I, but I, was was there anybody that walked away from that interview more nervous about 2021 than before you got into it? Because I think I'm kind of in the now more nervous camp than I was prior well, to the interview. But, it's,
1: but see, here's the thing. It's like this for all I mean, teams. are you talking about COVID or this team? This team. <laughs> this <laughs> team,
3: this organization – I'm, I'm, I'm more nervous than I was. I mean, it's like the fact, you know, I I know that I'm probably the minority on the show that says I like Chris Bryant and would like him to stay on the team. Just that idea of him being gone prior to opening day and some of that stuff. That's a hard swallow, man. 162 games of David Bodie.
1: But if he won't sign an extension, if you can't. Get if he's going to test the open market on the free agency, and that's been his plan with Boris this whole time, because you know the off. And we didn't ask Cap about it. I'd had it in my notes to ask him about well, my interview. We, we had
2: lots of things in the notes. Yeah. but you know what? Kaplan is too yeah good too interesting. Yeah, dude.
1: But talk. yeah, he's great. But, but the thing is, you know, Kaplan reported a while ago that there was talks of an extension with Chris Bright. It's been, it, you know, a lot of people. It's been very controversial over the, the course of the last couple of years since you reported that. You know, and we talked about it on the show, said, well, if the Cubs aren't at least being like, hey, KB, you want to play here more? <laughs> you know, maybe we can figure something out. Uh, you know, how about 120? Maybe the maybe the the maybe uh, it was dog shit. But you know that they had to have at least approached the concept with all and, of the core. And I think, all Bust,
3: I think Buster Olney had an article where no there was never any formal deal here's 200 million no it wasn't in black and white there were floating questions so uh that's kind of where that comes from yeah Yeah. just
2: because they didn't put it down on paper doesn't mean it wasn't kind of doesn't mean people didn't talk about it i mean this is chris freaking bryant yeah everybody knows that he's going to be a big deal and they're going to talk to him at some point about what it might take to keep him just to get the idea, even if they don't ever offer yeah, him money. And, and that's all
1: I'm saying is like, if whoever will not sign an extension at a, and it doesn't have to be the, the most team friendly deal in the world. It could be a fair deal. It could be some, a home, maybe a hometown discount. I mean, how many millions of dollars do you really need? I
3: don't think hometown discount
0: well, is. Well, in well, according, according or, I agree. That's according why I'm like, to Kaplan, let,
2: you so need trade more you. than the Ricketts have. Yeah. Well, the Ricketts, <laughs> But, but again, I get what like Kaplan's Trump. saying there is that billion- people,
0: people
3: don't get – people don't become billionaires by saying like, oh, we just lost money, no big deal, no, even if be- they
1: have it. You become a billionaire by going a billion dollars into debt. <laughs> yeah. no, be- no, but it's just a matter
3: of <laughs> these guys are just not going to sit there and just burn money. I mean – and 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 again, they have had one of the highest payrolls in baseball, and it is what it is. I wish well, we could – the, say, the billion
2: dollars would- in debt is different than our debt their billion dollars in debt is there because debt is so cheap for billionaires like yeah. that it doesn't
1: like they're paying one percent on that debt so they don't care they just finance that and and it outpaces inflation they're billionaires fine. don't like
2: losing money billionaires are notoriously cheap but they're I'm not just losing money that's the point it's there there are there's a lot of There's a lot of playing around with numbers that you can do. And if you're a billionaire, you're really good at doing it. Yeah. And you don't even do it yourself. You got got somebody to do it for you. And I'm uh, not disputing the fact that they are saying this and that is their justification. And it's not our money. So we can't really say that that's not really what's going on. I'm just saying, take it with a little bit of grain of salt when a billionaire is telling you they're losing too much money.
1: Yeah. Well, let's,
3: I, I, you know, we were talking, you know, a little bit with Cap about it. There was an article today written by uh, Sahadev and, and, and Patrick Mooney that, again, these cuts are real and they're deep. This is not going to be cuts that are just going to, you know, they're not cutting like, young guys. Some of the guys here are people that I've known maybe for 20 years. Yeah, well, uh,
1: check this out. I mean, I've, I've got some uh, from the article in... The Athletic today by Patrick Mooney and Saad of Sharma. This is what you're where you were heading. I'm I'm pretty sure Crawley, but yep. he said uh, the only certainty in this environment is that the Cubs are a diminished organization after laying off 100 plus employees due to COVID 19 revenue losses, which we just talked about being and upwards of maybe 200 million, possibly a little less than that.
3: I spoke to Patrick Mooney. Just I I, I reached out to him and just said, Hey, you know, great article. I got to ask, is this furlough or is this laid off? Because there's a difference, obviously. He said, these are layoffs. These guys, I don't know if they're going to get... I mean, Carl Rice is a name that not, maybe not everyone's going to recognize. But if you're if you're a Cubs fan and you've been going to Cubs Con, I mean, this guy is a legend. That whole 1060 project, that whole renovation of Wrigley and everything, he was the guy working with Pepper Construction on all the nuts and bolts on that. He's the one that makes sure that the concerts come in and set that stuff up. The Winter Classic. Like, he's just not a guy that you replace. No, like, not I, at I, all. I'm in shock and, on that one.
1: Yeah, Carl Rice really shocked me, too, when I saw his name. In- in this article he's been for first of all, he's been with the team for 39 seasons. Okay. So uh, <laughs> he's I was lifer. six years old when he got hired. Yeah. So this guy's a <laughs> lifer. And when uh, we did, t- I took a tour of the, the renovations when they finally finished a couple years ago, I think it was at the beginning of the 2019 season. I want to say that we went in there. Maybe it was the, the beginning of 2018, but it, I went on a tour and Carl, is the one that brought us on the tour. And you could just tell, you know, because it was finally done, all the renovations, everything was finished. All That's when they had finally finished the upper deck and widened the patios and made that kind of overlook over Gallagher Way and left field and the overlook yeah. in right fields over Addison there. So, uh, but Carl, you could tell, you know, everybody's, all the bloggers, like Mooney was there. Al Yell and all the bloggers are there and you know everybody's taking pictures and stuff. And I'm I'm always like a hanger's on at these things. Like I don't even know how I get invited. I'm just like on the list from like back in the day. So I'm out there with Carl and I'm just kind of taking my pictures and I'm enjoying looking at everything and I'm and I realize how proud Carl looks of everything he's shown us and how proud he was. And I, and at the end of it, we ended up in left field, which is, you know, my domain out there and and the, and the new patio deck out there in left field. We had, that's our, it was our last stop there. And I went up to Carl's kind of like looking there sort of surveying his work. And I went up to him and I said, Hey, Carl, I just got to say, you know, really great job with all of this really awesome job. And he turned to me like nobody had ever told him that. You know, like this whole time, he's just been doing his job, doing his job, doing his job. And nobody said, dude, you kicked this thing. In and I ass. don't think
3: people understand if you've ever had an old home renovation, you have to understand to try to modernize one of the oldest ballparks in, in, in the country and all. And, you know, the Chicago bullshit and the permits and the this and the that he had to navigate through all of that, all sorts of things they didn't expect popping up. And he's going to be a terrible loss. Peter Chase. Peter Chase is somebody, again, team's media director since 2007. His relationship with the players, with, with media, with everything. Like he he was like literally a rock star. Like, again, I know these names may not mean a lot to everybody, but this is just going to be a huge hole in the organization. I I, I don't, I, you know, and we talked about Theo's press conference when he kind of broke up. He was literally, like, crying when he was talking about
1: Because he's talking about these, these guys. He's talking about this guy. And now here's some of the more behind-the-scenes stuff where you might not know. Um, Jose Serra was mm-hmm. named, uh, and I'd, I'd never even heard of Jose, but the Cubs have. Uh, he's been here since 1996. He helped build the team's network in Latin America and that academy in uh, – the, the Dominican Republic, yeah. which the Cubs were way behind on, and they had a terrible uh, facility. Now they have one of the best facilities that which I visited a few years ago. Uh, Starlin Castro viewed Sarah as his fa- as his father. You know, this guy helped close the deals with Eloy and Braylon Marquez. I mean, so I mean, this is why just would you let that luck. guy go?
3: Because sitting- I get, the- I mean. I understand. And again, I'm probably the guy that's saying like, you know, I understand the rickets are losing a lot of money, but, but these are guys like, if you want to, it seems to me, what scares me is they're sacrificing short term right now. They're sacrificing all these guys that later on, if they just hold on to them, they will pay what, you know, it'll offset the losses.
2: Right. And I get what you're saying there, Crawley, but I also think that, I mean, the three of us could use some good jobs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, we'll work cheap. Yeah. Come on, guys. Bring hey, us in. Hey Tom,
1: let us oversee your next renovations, man. We
2: got you. <laughs> you know how many times Danny has talked Spanish on this podcast? Yeah, like exactly. he could go down and fucking sign. I mean I got I got my citizenship, man. <laughs> I got yeah. my Ecuadorian citizenship, man. I I'm to telling you, down, let's yeah. hey, hey, hey. Hola hey, amigo. Not for, not for nothing, but the Sun Ranto show will be, you know, we could do some stuff with that cub's. You know, line up and. I, I would you know, love
3: to hear Michael Cotton, media relations. That would be <laughs>
2: worth the price of admission. I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm in. Yes. Yeah, I his, can do his, it. His first
1: job is to tell the Marquee Network to actually show Cubs material. On right, shows, that would be the,
2: Cubs programming. It would be like if at Cubs just blocked everyone. Yeah. So,
3: uh, Danny, <laughs> he on Hector. Hector Ortega is another yeah. big yeah. name. Another in the Latin, one,
2: American Latin
1: America scouting supervisor in Venezuela helped identify and sign Wilson Contreras, Glaber Torres, Adbert Alzalai as the Cubs became a force on the international market. Which, if you remember, the Cubs were way behind on that. But when Theo took over as far as like scouting internationally, and they still might be a little bit. Um, but uh, here's some more names. Keith Lockhart. Keith
3: Lockard. He's the first in the organization. They made an award after Stan Zelinski passed away suddenly. Great Cub Scout. He's the first one to win it in 2017. Yeah. Dylan Cease, Dwayne Underwood Jr. I mean, like, these are telling about. How are you going to make this up is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But all the teams are in the same boat. Um, Jim Benedict is another guy known as the Pitcher Whisperer.
2: <laughs> oh, the there's, That's Danny's job. Yeah. Danny is the new pitcher whisperer. Yeah, I could do this. There's yeah. nothing he would enjoy more. I just get up there. It, I've learned enough in the bleachers. All you d- have to do is be like, hey,
1: throw strikes. Throw freaking strikes. <laughs> and Danny, I'm you may know this. Thing. Bang, bang,
3: bang. Throw strikes. Boom. Danny, Danny, you may know this more than another. Another one is Bob Tewsbury, who, um, Tewksbury, when you're talking about (laughs) Tewksbury, (laughs) I did butcher it, but did he take over for, or he used, I know he used to work with John Baker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he, he was John Baker's boss basically. So I think John, he wasn't mentioned in any of this stuff. So hopefully he still has his job, but Bob does it. And he was the mental skills coordinator. Um, And uh, he had a master's degree from Boston university. Uh, He wrote a a very influential book about uh, visualization exercises called 90 percent mental. Um, And he did a lot of work with John Lester during their time with the Red Sox, probably at how he ended up here. John's gone. Maybe. Uh, And he
2: also had a sweet delivery when he threw. Yeah. Didn't Bob Tewksbury, he was a submariner, oh. I believe is what we call it.
1: Hey, SunRanto fans, a quick message to you as we head into our holiday shopping season. Did you know that you can help out the SunRanto show by shopping through our links at sunranto.com slash shopping? Uh, there's all sorts of ways you could help us out. Uh, Amazon, if you ever hear of it. <laughs> It's only the largest company ever. So, uh, yeah, Amazon, uh, you click on that link there. Uh, it's right on the left side of the page. You go to Sunranto.com slash shopping. Click our Amazon link. Buy the crap you were going to buy anyway. We get like a dollar. Okay. Now, uh, let's say you're a sports fan, which I know you are if you're listening to this show. Well, you got the MLB shop, the NBA shop, the NFL shop, uh, the MLS soccer shop. Lids, NHL, uh, sports memorabilia, StubHub. When we can get back to the games, all that's there. You like Reebok shoes? You can, uh, you know, click on our links there. Use our links. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, if you're into vibrators, uh, we we sell those too. Mattresses, condoms, Zazzle, wine, beer. Come on, people. Let's get this done, okay? Uh, Sunranto.com slash shopping for all of your holiday shopping needs. Thanks for supporting the podcast. If you never want to hear another ad on the Sunranto show, patreon.com slash sunranto. Early and ad free listening. Access to all the show notes uh, and all the media that we use during our live show. Uh, you get to join the Sunranto Super Ranters Facebook page. Where we do special things with each other, and um, I don't know, just do it. It's a dollar a month. Come on now. All right, Patreon.com/sunranto. Sunranto.com/shopping. Uh, we're trying to eat here. That's that's all. That's the only reason I'm doing this. Just need money for food, beer, tickets. You know, life. Back to the show. This is just going to be again.
3: I think that I think there's, and we talked uh you know on our last show about the cubs minor league system with greg hoos and uh you know there's uh, to me i feel like there is talent down there and it's going to come up what i'm worried is is what's happening now won't be really truly felt f- for five that next wave of talent of players that is yet to be identified kids right now that are 15 16 in the dominican kids that are pitching high school ball in texas You know, these are where you're going to start. You're not going to feel some of, some of them are going to be immediate because it's going to be more player development at the higher levels, but others of this, like I said, it is, I don't think people realize how much time and effort goes in to when you sign a player all the way to the time they get to the majors. And a lot of these names are guys that just did a phenomenal job and I just don't know how they're replaceable.
1: Yeah, well, it's the thing is, all the other teams are facing the same thing. The minor leagues did not have a season last year. You know, all those guys have been furloughed for a long time. We talked uh, last week with Greg Huss, who came on and told us pretty much that he doesn't, he is very excited about a lot of the Cubs' prospective arms and players that are coming out, but these guys did, they're lost the whole season. And so we just don't know what to expect now. I mean, I think it's just going to be lean years. It's almost feels like, like war years, you know, like 1942 through 45 where, where, you know, you would lose, you know, half your team who got drafted into playing, uh, into, into, uh, you know, fighting in the war instead of, you know, being on the baseball fields. So it, it feels similar to that, that you probably lose a lot of talent and you rebuild from there. But, um, I don't know, it's, it's a disheartening fucking situation, as Lee <laughs> Ely would say.
3: Speaking of disheartening, the greatest hot dog vendor in Wrigley history ha- was featured in an article in The New Yorker, no? Hot dogs, hot dogs, yes, you guys need any
1: hot dogs over I here.
2: totally no? threw those hot dogs out. I tossed some perfectly good hot dogs in the garbage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to, you know, just, uh, I have to bring back my Todd Ricketts soundboard sometime in this offseason, for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, New Yorker came out with a Ricketts expose, man, the hits just keep on coming. Um, yeah, it was, I, I Crawley, you sent this to us. Uh, it just basically paints Todd Ricketts to be quite the little sniveling rich kid prank. Here, here's the
3: thing. And, and again, this is just what is that I'm not naive enough to think there's going to be a lot of billionaires that are going to vote democratic. I'm not, I'm not, Not even enough. That's just if you know. You may find one owner that may do that. Out of all the major sports,
2: yeah, not not even a lot of millionaires. A lot of our uh, favorite baseball players are not voting Democratic.
3: Right? You know, and so it's it's just one of those things that
2: fifty cent isn't
1: voting Democratic. (laughs) I mean, like I know Ice Cube, who wrote "Fuck
2: the Police," is not voting Democratic. But the unique because because rich means something different. Rich. Rich crosses the color barriers, all the different socioeconomic once you hit rich and you're like, wait, my taxes? Everything everything would, changes.
3: My whole point is is that you know, I'm not gonna sit there and be shocked or be upset or this and that. The thing that's just tough is you see Tom ricketts, and I think Tom has done a really good job of just kinda again, what I expected from an owner. Okay? And and I know, uh, you know, people say, you know, but for me, baseball is an escape. Sometimes to just kind of get away from everyday bullshit. It and used so, to be. It's, 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 I know people. People don't like Laura Ricketts because she's. You know, on the left side, and I know people don't like Tom and Pete because they're on the Todd and Pete because they're on the right side. I mean, the one I always wanted owners that had a face. Do You get know what I'm saying? And Cap was talking about it earlier. The Tribune Company was just this faceless conglomerate. You got a complaint, who would you tell? I don't know some guy that they would just trot out there. Hey, you're at CubsCon, you go talk. Most of the time, they wouldn't even do that. And so, I just wanted somebody like a face. But now it's just kind of like you know, it's it, the way that Tom Ricketts is doing it is the right way, which is like. You don't know what he leans. You you can probably take a pretty good guess. but, he, but he's never I think we know. But but he, you've never heard him say anything about it. You've never seen, seen him advocate for this or advocate for that. I that I've is never heard. Tr- it.
2: That is true, and you're probably right. He wishes Todd would shut the fuck up and get into the background. He, you're probably right. Tom Ricketts probably wishes that his brothers would get in line behind the curtain. Yeah, because. Well, that's and, the best place for a baseball owner to be. But
1: that really pissed off Todd because you remember the Deadspin article, oh. and and it, that came out a couple of years ago, where which the, it was all those emails that were hacked from Joe Ricketts. Uh, one of the th- things that uh, uh, Todd complained about was that uh, Pete. And Tom got all the credit. And you remember this? I remember we talking about it on this show with yeah. Lyle. And he said, this is a quote. Um, this is a Todd Ricketts quote. My kids live in the same neighborhood and go to the same school as Tom's kids. And I don't want them to have to be constantly explaining that they are equal owners when they are told that their uncle owns the Cubs. The reason I'm so sensitive to this is that even today I feel as though my input and ideas are disregarded among our family, just as they were when we were
2: kids. Well, <laughs> to be fair, Todd Todd comes in and he's like, "You know what? First thing, let's take the ivy off the walls and let's put up signage. Yeah, hot dogs. <laughs> you
3: know, we're we're sitting here though, and 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 it's like." You know, I'm just trying to kind of look at positives and see what happens. And and I I you know, I can't wait to go back and re-listen to this podcast. I'm gonna do that tomorrow on the way to work because Cap made me laugh, Cap made me smile, and then for a few minutes I forgot the fire that seems to be like go I feel like that guy from the meme, this is fine, you know, every you know, with yeah. the fire all around there drinking a, a 400 yeah. beer.
1: <laughs> well yeah i mean it can't all be bad that's why like even when we're gonna rip on todd Ricketts for the next 10 minutes i think that we could do it with a with a good hearted uh light-hearted fun because Let's, it's fun to make fun of billionaires that's enjoy the whole it.
2: point of this yeah. podcast is for us to yeah like talk about it and then make fun of it rather than cry in our beers which well, but, i have a beer is- A lot Uh of people
1: are crying in their beers. There was, you know, this was part of this article where uh, a columnist, Eric Zorn at the Chicago Tribune, said he renounced his love of the team. And he said, I'm not mentally gymnastic enough to believe I can support the Cubs, but not the Ricketts family agenda. And Mark Jacob, who was hired by the Cubs to create a photo book of Wrigley Fields, said he's boycotting the team. He said, If you support the Cubs at this point, you're putting money in the Ricketts' pocket. And they're helping to get Trump reelected, and so like there are people jumping ship. Um, I thought this was kind of funny. This was in this article too. Ricketts grew. Todd Ricketts grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. For those of you that don't know, and and it was a family. Actually, they weren't super wealthy for a long time. They made their money uh, later. uh, Papa Joe did, and then they got you know, real rich, but he said, uh, in a family of modest means, according to a memoir written by Joe, they didn't have money for extended vacations. What does that mean? Like you can't leave for more than a month. Like, I don't know. That right. An
2: extended vacation. Okay. Everybody raise your hand if you went on extended vacations yeah. as we, a kid. Yeah. We went on road trips. Uh, so anyway,
1: at, at, apparently at one point, uh, I guess it was, this was probably the sixties, uh, uh, or or 70s I Todd, believe it was
2: I believe it was 1969
1: Danny yeah Well, nice. well Todd asked for 69 <laughs> cents nice get a nice get, hamburger to get a nice hamburger at Nice Burger King with his nice friends and his father told him that they needed to eat what they had at home no 69 cents for you and that's kind of how the Rickets continue to run uh, their organization. I, I,
3: Right. I cannot click on that comment. Can you guys take a look by Austin Callert right there? I can't click on comments, unfortunately.
1: Says, Off topic, you fellas think there's a possibility of limited fans at Wrigley in twenty twenty one.
3: I and, and I, I, do. I, I yeah. And so what I'm hearing, and I'll tell you what I'm hearing right now, and obviously everybody's heard about the pandemic stuff. And so you know that the world they're, oh. they're predicting a vaccine <laughs> that's going to come out probably in end of November sometime in December, but it's going to be a while because they're obviously going to roll it out first to first responders, the police, the firemen, healthcare workers. You know
2: what? Have you seen the world series? Yeah, I think it gives the Rays such an advantage to play in front of a normal crowd. But I, but I'm thinking that um, from what we're being told, the season ticket
3: holders, they are going to have fans in the stands. Season ticket holders are going to get priorities. Uh, for getting into those seats. And, and it's not going to be a normal type season where, you know, it used to be like I'd go hang at lucky doors and shoot the shit with people walking by and I'd stroll in whenever I damn well feel like it's going to be staggered entrances, yeah. staggered, uh, You go at this time through this gate. It's going to be a lot different.
1: (laughs) Sounds like a blast. (laughs) I mean, you know, some of the entertainment is obviously taken out of it. You know, at that point we did manage to catch a couple games on the rooftop and it felt weird. It did not feel, I was glad to have experienced it. I don't know that I need to do that that many more times. You know, I'll go to Wrigley field every day and watch every single game of every single in the season. But, you know not if it's like that i probably won't but um you know the biblical losses will continue for this family and be and because you know you got a <laughs> guy like like papa joe Ricketts who won't even give his kids 69 cents nice or a hamburger you know it that is the family mantra you know they 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 got their champion <laughs> the
2: family not mantra is
1: ain't nice for you Hey, nice for you, and uh, and and Danny,
3: Danny. Can you click below on Stan Mitchell? I uh Stan's <laughs> a friend of the shows. He's a Patreon He's a subscriber. Patreon. Yeah,
1: uh,
3: he works at the in front of the 1914 Club to make sure Raff like Danny and I stay out. But it says there we got an email asking if we plan to work next season on Monday. So workers are being asked, and and so th- that's the plan. They, they that they are 100. Then they got another
2: to- email saying, "You sure?" <laughs> yeah and, uh, we're, we're, we're not sure we're ready to have you back but are you are you sure positive and, Je- and
1: jeff writes in masks on at the ball game and so yeah i mean that's part of it i mean that's what it was like for us i mean michael you didn't even hang out with your family for two weeks uh, you know i, I, we I, I game, didn't yeah. i i,
2: I, so, I uh
1: Socially distanced
2: in my house and it sucked. But see,
3: that, that's why I don't go out is because like I so just want it to be like it was. And so like if I'm on a rooftop and Michael's there and Danny's there and Stuart's there, all of a sudden I start getting stupid after like one beer. I'm like, yeah, I didn't hey, even hey. know it was
2: you guys. I was up on the top. <laughs> yeah, The fucking wind was blowing through at like 90 miles per hour. I lost my hat like four times. You know, I'm luckily, trying not it to all over the fence. <laughs>
3: I'm trying not to fall over the roof playing Danny's cowbell,
1: it's wallowing <laughs> in my sorrows. <laughs> um can I make fun of Todd Ricketts one more time though before yes, we sure. go All ahead. Right. He's a fan of Pinochet. <laughs> like I, I know this. I know a lot, Wait, a lot of people are gonna know this, but Crawley, this is this is your neck of the woods, aren't you Colombian? I'm, no, Ecuadorian. I, I'm Ecuadorian and Ecuadorian. so, yeah, right. yeah,
3: so they, they are our neighbors to the south and to the, and south Amal-
1: to, to the west. In Chile, they had a, a democratically elected, uh, well, candidate that won a president named Salvador Allende. Yeah. And he was and he was it was a socialist government and the U.S. didn't like that. So they gave a bunch of money to the military down there, gave him a bunch of weapons to Augusto Pinochet. And Tom and Todd Ricketts um, said he was dismissive of Pinochet's ruthlessness. Where I'll tell you a little bit about it: he would herd people into the soccer stadium and then kill them.
2: Yeah, I mean and he's they, because that's a dictator. Yeah, and technically, I mean it's not what people are thinking about when they're thinking about socialism. Well, with, with, with uh,
3: Pinochet, Pinochet's famous also for any when that was on his enemy list sometimes. They would take a helicopter ride up and get the quick trip back down. Oh, yeah. Which,
2: which means over the ocean, chart food. Yeah. So Pinochet took people to soccer field, gassed them, killed them, whatever, which means you should always, always wear a mask when you go to Wrigley Field. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and, but Ricketts says, according to a friend of his, uh, some friend that drops dime on you being a fan of Augusto Pinochet. <laughs> but he,
2: he says, people die every day. That's a direct quote. To be fair, Todd's not smart. And he <laughs> thought Pinochet was a type of wine. And you get drunk and you crash the car and people die every day. I mean. I love that Pinochet. <laughs> it's the, the, ni- the 1997 Pinochet. Oh. Oh, I love Pinochet. Old vibe. Are vibes. you talking about the guy that kills people? <laughs> no, 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 no. Pinochet. You know, I mean, people die every day. I mean, when you drink and drive.
3: <laughs> well, what about some TFCs, boys? What do we got on that? I have nothing. I've, I, I am flying blind here. All right.
1: I, got, I got a few here. I'll, I'll start with, with this one. This one from an email that, the Mar- that uh, Comcast had to send everybody. And they said, also, we recently announced your channel light up now includes Marquee Sports Network, the home of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> this content, however, increases our costs. And beginning on October 1st, 2020, the monthly regional sports network fee for your area will increase by
2: $6.20. <laughs> right about the time the Cubs quit playing.
1: Yeah. I'm
0: like, going
2: hey, to hey. be honest. Though. I know people,
3: uh, I don't want to make light of people not being this or that, but it's like I watch... I, I'm probably Marquis like number one. Like I just have it on the background all the damn time. And if I you really like watch,
1: those fishing shows, and I like fishing w- shows. W- I, w- I was
2: king in the coach of the night.
3: for a while. I, I'm now. St- I'm now taking Prevagen, which is why my memory's so much better. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I
2: heard somebody say that Dempster was was watching the Cubs game or something on the network the other day. Like what? What the fuck's that?
3: there's you know there, you know Mystery I I, I, I like the network. so for me, I guess like here's the thing whenever you have any sports network, you paid 620 for Comcast. I'm not gonna be watching much of Comcast now that the Cubs aren't on it i I might put on a hockey game every now and then or something. I'm not really too big into it. I don't watch the socks. so it's like I'm paying that's cable you pay for tons of shit that you never use.
0: Yeah, I don't know and why everyone's
3: making a big deal about $620 on you know six dollars and twenty cents. You pay for tons of shit you don't use. And
2: that's why when they offered me cable this week, I said no, because I have internet. And internet gives wow. me all the things that you don't want me to have, but I get them for free. Yeah, well, you're very lucky to have internet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I certainly don't. I, I I need cable. All right. It's it's my turn. I'll do yep. one because I only have one, Danny. Okay. Okay, so. Uh, And these are some old ones. I was going through trying to figure out which TFCs because we didn't do these for a while. So I got a little backlog, didn't know what we were doing. So hopefully I haven't said this before. Uh, Aaron Kessler says, I implore you all to put on the Red Sox game. They have this dude, Robert Stock, pitching, and he looks like he's twice divorced and completely given up on life. I can't stop watching him. It's transfixing. (laughs) <laughs> and that is a great TFC but it becomes better when R- Robert Stock's wife chimes in zero times divorced but if he keeps walking the leadoff batter I'll consider filing Oh that's bad. <laughs> <I fucking laughs> very it.
0: good Oh Such man a good
2: TFC one two punch Yeah I, I'm trying to find a
1: picture of Robert Stock here <laughs> You know, I I I think I might have had one, but um.
2: Oh, but yeah. I yeah, it's such such a great description. So, twice divorced and given up on life.
1: Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I'm going to put up a picture of him soon. I'm uploading it uh, right now. Here he is, Robert Stock. <laughs> oh, he looked <laughs> frightened of whoever's at the plate. Yeah, he kind of looks just like an overgrown Frodo to me. You know.
2: Oh, uh, I love that his wife so brilliant with that comeback, though.
1: So, uh, all right. Here's here's another one I have. There was a video posted by John Antonoff, which was actually a uh, really interesting, uh, not interesting. It was kind of funny. It was of Cole Roederer and uh, catching prospect Ethan Hearn, and they were jamming to Bob Marley in the video, and uh, they were just kind of like air guitaring their um, their bats.
2: And- Don't worry, right?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think know. that's what it was, yeah. And so they're playing that, but John Antonoff went on to say they're jamming to Bob Marley with a true authenticity that Kamala ha- Kamala Harris could learn from. And I was like, what? What? Like, yeah, I'm like, cool video, bro, but um, why do you got to bring it? Like, how is how- – well, first of all, I got a lot of questions. How how do Cole Roderer and Ethan Hearn jam with authenticity to a man from Jamaica who plays right. reggae music like that. And has been along. dead for years. <laughs> now Kamala Harris, I don't believe she's Jamaican either. So like, there's like, there's nothing. Like, why did you bring up Kamala <laughs> Harris? Is why is is why you're at TFC this week? But what I did love was this response from Carrie, who said maybe they should be practicing hitting with those bats with men in scoring position instead of pretending they are guitars. Just a thought.
2: <laughs> and Gary <laughs> nails it.
1: And Gary, there you go for the wind. For the, yeah, FTW. <laughs> and um, uh, I got this one. Uh, and this is about, uh, no, no, I don't want to play that one. That was actually about, uh, no, here's, here's, it's, it's Crawley. Crawley. Uh, you know, right back to back, I got some notifications. One was from you. Another one was from Brett Anderson. And I, I'm going to bring you guys back together as friends because, you know, right back to back in my tweets there, I didn't even have to put this together in Photoshop or anything. There's Crawley's Cubs Kingdom saying, so thankful the Rays pulled it off after they won the pennant. And right after that, Brett Anderson saying, Astros losing and then there's a picture of Seinfeld looking pleased so Brett wanted the Astros to lose you wanted the Astros to lose I forget I
3: replied a gif I can't remember what I replied with uh, yeah I, but here's the thing I, a believe,
2: I believe the gif that you replied with was a smiley face with hearts in the eyes
4: and no, they just not, not.
2: coming out like because, I, oh Brett I've the, been wanting to make up with you for so long the, uh, the thing
3: is, for me, obviously, we all hate the Astros. They're a bunch of cheaters. Their fans are insufferable with their bullshit. But the other thing that kind of just bothered me about the whole Astros thing is that the, the Dusty Baker redemption story. I'm so tired of, especially the national sports writers, wanting over Dusty Baker. It's like, why
2: did Dusty Baker need redemption? At I all? don't know. It, 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 they, <laughs> every, time, every
3: time he's on a team, they kiss his ass. Every time he doesn't have a job, it's like the Poochie from the Simpsons. Every time Where Dusty Baker's not managing, everyone should say, where's Dusty Baker? I don't give a shit about Dusty Baker. I don't like Dusty Baker. I'm sorry. I've met. I can tell you the amount of managers I've met in my lifetime, and I just didn't like Dusty. I'm sorry. Maybe he has a lot of great stories. Maybe he'd be a great guest. But you know what? He's one of those guys that never takes – Responsibility for anything, it's never his fault. So, I think that he worked out great. M- marriage made in heaven with the Astros. Don't take responsibility, Don't, it's everybody else's fault. You <laughs> I know, mean, and,
2: to, be, and, to be fair, if that's what they're looking for in a manager this year, which yeah, they might have been, it was pretty kismet.
3: It's right uh, did you guys hear that quote with the Dusty where it was uh, You know, some people love this team, some people hate this team, and everyone's like, "Yeah, most people hate." Yeah, most
1: people hate it. Yeah, well, that's 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 the classic. uh, There's good people on both sides arguments.
2: uh, you know, or 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 the whole like, oh, the Cardinals have done such a good job managing their team this year after coming back from that whole COVID thing. Right. No, (laughs) if you were good at managing your fucking team, the whole team
3: doesn't get COVID. I just, I'm not a big Dusty fan. So if that brings Brett Anderson and I closer to a reunion uh, of where we're going to be okay with each other, maybe something good came out of all of this. And then
2: someday Crawley's going to be pushing Brett in his wheelchair (laughs) down some (laughs) stairs, probably.
3: (laughs) You guys remember the naked gun where he pats his buddy on the back and he goes down the stairs of Angel Stadium and does that flip over? Yeah. Was it that OJ Simpson?
0: OJ yeah. Simpson, <laughs> yeah.
1: Which who, which, which, by the way, weighed in on the Jeffrey Tubin masturbation story? Oh this god. Like, just like what what world do we live in, people? Like I'm just um
2: so oh, I, by the way I've been masturbating the whole show. <laughs> 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 I'm just I'm just smart enough to keep the camera on my face. Yeah. Well, I, the green, one thing I do support. want to
3: say is I can't see numbers right now because I see nothing other than the 3 of you but I really do want to thank everybody that jumped in and and joined us and we usually are three guys that like to love to talk Cubs baseball. Sometimes we bitch, sometimes we just laugh, but it's a lot of fun. So abs- we're going to be on here every Wednesday. At 8 usually. We did 7 today to accommodate Cap's schedule because he had to get up so early and he was so generous with his time. But if you're interested, you know, we got a lot still going on this off season. Uh Danny?
1: Yeah, well, we got uh, next week we're going to have uh, Wayne Mesmer on. So oh, Wayne's going to come on. Breaking
2: news. Oh, yeah. shit. Wayne Mesmer. Wait, is, hold on, hold on. We're having Wayne on next week? Wayne, Wayne is coming on next, on week. next week. Danny Crowley. What? I told you guys, we're doing Cubs grades next week. Oh, you're right. Um, Second half. Right. Yeah, are we going to have to fucking we're put, put Cubs grades?
1: Okay. Yeah, Cubs we're grade, we're going to push Cubs we, grades one back more back. week. God Wayne God
3: Mesmer, anthem singer extraordinaire. He's got – If the funny thing, again, is if you haven't been around, and I know we have a lot of people that are not from the Chicagoland area. If you've been around and you've met Wayne, he is one of the – Funniest guys you will ever meet. And it it's just like low-key funny. You would never expect it. And if you go to CubsCon, one of the highlights is Wayne Mesmer calling bingo. And I have been going to this fucking thing for about 20 years now. I've been going to bingo. And you've and never I, won one time ever.
2: No, you're, you're terrible at bingo. Yeah, so that's I, the I, thing that I'd learned. I
3: learned. I, I have a lot of questions for Wayne, but Mike, you know,
2: it's because it, you don't understand letters and numbers at the same time.
3: I, and usually, I haven't slept a lot, or I have had a lot of alcohol in me, which doesn't help the situation. You know,
2: you've missed like an N
1: twenty six one time, and you could have had that flag that flew over Historic Wrigley Field. But it's there's that. no N. It's, <laughs> it's so Crawley
2: keeps yelling Bingo after the third draw, and it, it, he gets it's qualified.
3: It's C U B S. C U B S. Yeah, yeah, logo. <laughs> And under the logo, 69, and everyone cheers. And yeah. the, the greatest nice. part of bingo is whoever wins, and they start walking up, everybody boos the shit out of them. And yeah, like <laughs> this is my and favorite
1: stuff. part is booing <laughs> the winners. That is the greatest. I mean, that's why Chicago is the greatest city on earth. Like, you win, and you get your ass booed. It's so wonderful. So, But
3: uh, if you want to support us in a lot of the stuff that we're doing, um, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Sun ranto there it is right down there yeah and those that helps bingo boards the cost,
2: cost carly money yeah because and he,
3: honestly guys danny needs some new internet he needs yeah. a new modem yeah, It works fine now <laughs> I'm it's yeah. as Kaplan
1: soon as you on. don't
2: fucking need it as soon yeah. as it's just us
1: yeah exactly the whole time kaplan's on i can't even talk to him i'm the one that like booked him you know what so i mean
2: like we are so going they, to get danny came on to talk to you and you weren't there the whole fucking time kid. It, it, Dan, we are going to get Danny. The, he kept the, looking. He kept looking every time he did it. He, he'd get this funny look on his face. Like,
4: yeah, like What's wrong what we are going to right get
2: now?
3: Danny a top of the line router and signal booster so that it never happens. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash Unranto, it helps pay the bills. The mics Kaplan left Mesmer our show
2: and was like, I'm so glad somebody pays the bills down at NBC sports.
3: <laughs> Eric Wade <laughs> Ginter says, I love Wayne Messmer. And honestly, You'd really be asking who doesn't, man. Should the we get
2: Wayne to do Son Ranto? Like the the call? The Son Ranto! Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why
0: doesn't he
2: have
1: a cameo like uh, Fergie Jenkins and his uh, 69th best cup? Th- cup th- <laughs> <laughs> I got to play it now.
4: This is Fergie Jenkins. You're listening to Sean Rando, the 69th best cup podcast.
3: <laughs> God, it's so good. <laughs> so guys, absolutely tune in next week and you can follow all of us. Our Twitter handles are on here. Uh, Michael Cotton at Cubs X3 at Crawley's Cubs at Sunranto. You can find our musings. Uh, Danny and I know we have Facebook pages, Sunranto, Crawley's Clubhouse. So for those of you that are new here and having fun, I hope you tune in next show. And for those of you that have been around, for a while. I see Pincus. I see Jeff Berda, Stanley, Eric, all these guys that have been through us with everything. That was was like Reading Rainbow.
2: Did you guys ever have Reading Rainbow when you were a kid? Reading Rainbow. Oh No, no, not Reading Rainbow. Romper Room. That's what it was. I never saw Romper Room. She looks through a little (laughs) thing. I see see Jimmy and I see Michelle. Yep. I Uh, see Scott and John and Eric and there's Jeff and I see Jeff and Eric and there's and there's some guy errors.
3: named there's some guy named Scott Robbins.
1: Man. Oh yeah, that's my cousin. That's <laughs> that's Scotty. Um yeah, this this guy uh he I might have made the first radio show I ever made with that guy. Like so, we, we made we had a great time. We would record the toilet flushing and just laugh hysterically <laughs> <laughs> you know, Like for a dog food commercial, it'd be like, And see how much your dog loves it. They would flush the toilet and record that, you know. Just great times. Yeah. He Anything remembered. else, gentlemen? No, no. Uh, we can spagog, I believe, and then I'll play. I wrote a uh, a uh, a tax man by the Beatles parody a, a bit ago for Capman for Cap and uh, I thought I'd I'd finish off the show with that. It's not One last long. thing,
3: I just want to say, fuck you to Rachel Patterson and her stupid fight song for getting us dinged on uh,
2: YouTube.
1: Yeah, oh. fuck that bitch, Rachel Platt, and you're done. Yeah, you're you, you at the
2: second yeah and I also want to say carly, you were you were putting out this thing, you know, all the new people, and you were like, If you come back, this is when we do it. Well, if you don't come back or if you've already dropped off this feed, fuck off. Yeah,
1: exactly. you ain't here now, so fuck you.
2: That was
3: Michael Cotton, media director for the Chicago media director
2: 2021. Of the Everyone's blocked. Just do the goddamn interview, Rizzo. <laughs>
1: I don't got all fucking day to fucking blow sunshine up your ass. Just answer the woman's questions. Media director, Michael Cotton. <laughs> right. Pirate Nower, Chief. You're uh, not being honest.
2: <laughs> Tell her what you really feel, asshole. <laughs>
1: Well, Spagog, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday with Wayne Mesmer. Tune on in. Spagog! Hey, Cap, I uh, wrote you a little song with uh, some help from the Beatles.
0: A kid who grew up in Skokie, (laughs) who rants and raves about the Cubbies. Man. Yeah, he's the cabman. He spent 25 years on TV bringing cup headlines to you and me. He says no shot if he disagrees. Phenomenal when he's happy. Love you, Cap.